This is the Uplink Marketing Podcast. We recorded this conversation in late February, and I stored it up to release while I am out of the office welcoming my daughter into this world. I'm most likely sitting at home hanging out with my wife, our two dogs, and the newest member of our family, Olive Jane Chastine. This episode is the first of a 12-part series covering the 12 Rules of Life by Jordan Peterson. In each episode, Brandon and I will be talking about one rule and we'll do two things with that rule. One, share how it has impacted our own lives. And two, share thoughts on how it applies to marketing and business. If you have any thoughts on how to apply the 12 rules of life to business, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, evan at uplinkmarketing.com. And I hope you enjoy this conversation. So Brandon, yes. you pretty much introduced me to podcasting. Before I was friends with you, I didn't listen to any podcasts. Really? And you would Man, that would have been a tell long time me about ago, some. Though, huh? Yeah. Uh whenever you started sending them to me, a few years. Yeah. 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 Did you you would send stuff to me? Yeah, that's wild to think about though cuz that would have been a long time ago and a lot of our conversations probably originated because of info that we got out of a podcast or something that both of us would have listened to. Yes. Yeah. We oftentimes connect over what we're reading or what we're listening to. Yeah. Uh, sometimes those overlap and are the same person. And whenever we were talking about what to talk about in this podcast, it only seemed fitting for it to be something relating to Jordan Peterson. Because he was somebody that you turned me on to. Actually, I think it was YouTube first and then his podcasts, which I probably still more engage with his YouTube and written content uh, more than his podcasts because they're most, mostly lectures, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of lectures. And then I, I want to say that I first discovered him via podcast, but I think it was him on Joe Rogan, actually. Was it one of his debates? No, it was just one of his initial interviews from when he was first starting to rise in prominence. And then he started his podcast and his, he had already done a little bit of YouTube, but he started growing pretty exponentially just from that one feature on, on Joe Rogan. Yeah, the Joe Rogan effect, as some people say. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so then from there, found his book. And then I think once I read his book, I just started, I would, Tell, Are you talking about everyone. 12 Rules for Life? Or is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has another rules. one that he released before it. I haven't yeah, read that one. Yeah, that one is more of like a textbook, like a, like almost like a college. Okay. It's pretty intense, I believe. But um, yeah, once I read the book, though, I think I started trying to weave it into conversations more and more, probably with people who were unwilling to have the conversation. <laughs> um, but you were willing, so that's yeah. how it <laughs> So, so I like this idea of learning something and then trying to bring it up in conversation. A lot of our conversations are trying to work out these ideas we're exploring. Mm -hmm. And having somebody that you can explore a subject with who's also exploring is a really fun thing. And Jordan Peterson's content is dense enough in a good way. I don't mean dense to have a negative connotation. Right. There's so much to explore in a little bit of his writing. Uh, and I think him being a professor and him valuing the learning process, I think he writes in such a way that causes you to think about 
what he's saying more than agree with what he's saying. Right, right. It opens up um, something different than when you hear other people just stating their information like it's facts. It takes you more on like a journey, I would say. I think he's really good at doing that. I agree. And one of the reasons I enjoy engaging with his content is because I don't feel the pressure to agree with everything he says. And in fact, I imagine myself sitting in the room with him and bringing up questions that I have about things that he's saying in the book and him more appreciating the fact that I have a question than being frustrated that I'm not agreeing with him. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I would 100% agree with that. I think it's really interesting too, because, and, and this is just like a little side tangent, I guess, but whenever I first started reading him, he was also somewhat intertwined with politics And so I remember thinking that the conversations I brought up, that some people would maybe not be interested in this just because of what they knew of him politically, which I thought was so fascinating that we could shut down this whole discussion or any type of learning from this one person just because maybe one little piece of him you don't agree with. Right, right. it It was really the first time that I think like the idea of like intellectualism and how it intersects with politics and stuff how I started to see I think like how those work together and then the problems that they had with trying to have an intellectual conversation with someone who maybe doesn't agree with you politically is is a hard thing to do nowadays yeah which is I agree. crazy but and I would say I don't know if this would be true it's maybe meant to be exaggerated to to prove a point maybe 98 percent of his content is not about politics and two percent is about politics 98 percent about what you hear about him is Mm -hmm. related to that two percent that is a political view totally and the two percent you hear about him is related to the 98 percent of his content so it's it's totally this idea that uh media which to this is a media format right now so i'm not saying media is, is a horrible thing, but it has power uh, to shape opinions. And whenever media focuses on a very small piece of somebody's opinion or work, uh, things can get skewed quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's intriguing. Okay, so that was a, a great setup for this conversation on 12 Rules for Life. We're going to focus specifically on rule number one today, uh, because why not go in chronological order? Yeah. Which rule number one is stand up straight with your shoulders back. And I, as I said that, we're both standing here. I like Pull realized that, yeah, <laughs> that my shoulders weren't uh, as back as they were. And I, I like that effect that it has. Even whenever you think about this principle, you can't help but notice where your shoulders are and how your body's existing yeah. in the universe. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. It's interesting too. Like if you think about this throughout your day, to look at other people and look at the posture of other people. I always think about it a lot of times, like if I'm standing in line at Chipotle, which is (laughs) more times a week than I'd care to admit right now. But uh, anyone on their phone and stuff, it's very like this hunched over. Right. Like uh, it's just interesting, yeah, to think about it. That is. As you move throughout your day. Yeah. Uh, That was making me have a thought that... I forgot. Oh, thinking about the posture of people that you interact with, maybe on a more on a deeper level than in line at a Chipotle. 
who you respect and who you maybe don't respect as much mm. and paying attention to this aspect in them and, and just exploring if there's a correlation or not. I'm not saying there's a, there is one, but it's an intriguing idea to think about people you respect. And next time you're with them, uh, pay a little more attention to how they're carrying themselves with their shoulders and their, and their back. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I, uh, huh. Yeah. I have never thought about that, but I'm sure that would be super interesting if you did that with people that you surround yourself with just to see. Totally. Yeah. And I think that sets up, so Jordan, this, this, this first chapter follows uh, this sequence and we're going to follow it maybe loosely in this podcast. The first one is hierarchy. Yeah. And I was kind of setting up this idea of hierarchy with thinking about people you respect and, and don't respect or don't respect as much. Uh, which this is the section of the chapter and maybe the section of the book that I feel like I have the most issues with mm-hmm. is this hierarchy. But at the same time, if I start thinking about who I respect and how they carry themselves, uh, there's there's at least I can convince myself of a respect hierarchy right, right, and right. then how that plays itself out. What are your thoughts on this hierarchy, Jordan Peterson? Can you summarize any of it? Could uh, Yeah. What, what, are you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so just more of an intro. So this idea that Jordan Peterson is laying out just overall in the, in his book, 12 rules for life, or, uh, it, it, it's kind of like, um, 12 fundamental ideas that he thinks, I don't know, what would you say sets you up for success? Well, it's an antidote to chaos. Right, right, right. So So, I think that would be the, the, yeah, maybe best way to say it. Right. And so then I wonder if when he was writing this, like how he determined the order, because whenever you and I were discussing which rules we should talk about, and then we decided, you know, it makes more sense to just start with one. If there's a reason that he started with one, um, which you and I can talk more about later, but yeah, so he starts off, you know, this idea, stand up straight with your shoulders back. And then the first kind of idea that he talks about is how humans move through hierarchies Um, and then a lot of the chapter is focused around, you know, like this idea of like dominance and, um, uh, a lot of, I don't know what the word is, but, uh, I feel like this chapter more than any of the other ones could be very easily misconstrued or, um, I think I could easily even represent it in a way that he would not be meaning it quickly here on the, on the podcast. Right. Yeah. Anytime I think, especially right now, you bring up the idea of a hierarchy of someone above someone else. Right. It starts to get a little dicey. Yes. And I think that's why I don't like it. And it it was not a great ease into the book, engaging with a topic that I'm uncomfortable with. Uncomfortable is probably the best way to put it. Part of that uncomfortability comes from being a white male in the United States, where I feel like our ancestors have created this hierarchy by means of by means other than standing up straight with your shoulders back. Like that has a positive connotation to it. And I would say there exists also hierarchies that are created by creating more chaos than order, yeah. which I don't think Jordan Peterson is saying in this book, but it, my mind very quickly goes there. And it's why I don't like engaging in conversation about hierarchy and power. Yeah. It's like a really delicate balance, I think, because regardless of where you are in a hierarchy, there are things that you can do to take yourself higher, right? To move yourself through to the top of this hierarchy, right? But that's tough because not everyone's starting in the same spot, but how, 
how can you still talk about, you know, moving up in a hierarchy without also referencing the idea that not everyone is starting in the same starting point. Right. So I think you have to reference it, but you can't cancel out the idea that there are, there are ways to move up in this hierarchy, but it is a very, um, interesting conversation. Totally. Something he mentions. So he goes into a couple animals, uh, and uses experiments that have been done with animals or, or just observation even of, of animals behavior and applies those principles that have been learned to human life. One thing that he stated, which I found intriguing, is that hierarchy models work well whenever work better whenever scarcity is present. And I don't hmm. I don't think in my life approaching things from a scarcity mindset is like a super stable or non-anxious or non-worrisome way to go about the world. So so how I justify it, and this could be totally off, or, or how I justify or or want to think about what Dr. Peterson is, is talking about here. And then we'll move on to the next thing, because I don't want yeah. this to be a hierarchy podcast. Sure. Is we, we sometimes create scarcity so our hierarchy works when scarcity doesn't actually exist. Mm. So it's a power move to create scarcity. And if you can create the scarcity, then you can move yourself up that hierarchy very quickly whenever scarcity actually doesn't exist Exist. anywhere in it. But so, so there's this mindset that if I choose to not believe in scarcity, if I choose to believe that resources are plentiful or, uh, and I'm thinking more metaphorically here, obviously we can run out of resource resources, which maybe that's where the metaphor breaks down. Right. Uh, but if I approach my life from an abundance mindset where there's plenty for everybody, uh, I feel like I'm able to maybe walk through life a little more kind and compassionate than if there's not enough resources for everybody. Yeah. And I've got to look out for myself and almost go into a survival mode. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I wonder, though, if... Yeah, there. I guess there's a lot of different ways you can think about the hierarchy, and I think that thinking of it through like the scarcity or abundance mindset is one specific way that you're thinking through it. Yep, I agree. And, um, I think it does work there, but I think it also probably works in a lot of other layers. Does that totally. make sense throughout life? So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is your favorite thing about, uh, so let's leave hierarchy with a positive uh, note. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about the, the hierarchy concepts that Dr. Peterson's talking about? Uh, I think it's what, I just mentioned earlier is this idea that um, it, it almost evokes like a sense of like a radical personal responsibility mm-hmm. for you because, you know, if you're at the bottom of the hierarchy, there are ways that you can make, like there are ways that you can rise in the hierarchy, right? And so uh, from more of like a argumentative, like political standpoint, right? You talk about like a hierarchy of like different people are in different places and it should just be even across the board. Um, but I come at it, I think in a different, a different angle where regardless of where you are, it might not be fair, probably isn't fair, but there are ways that you can move up in the hierarchy and it takes a lot of personal responsibility. And so I, I really identify and think that that is a really cool piece 
that he kind of hits on a little bit. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of the consolation for me on hierarchy comes with the last little section we're going to talk about. Right. And I may uh, mention a note on how that helps me uh, think more positively about the hierarchy because yeah. he takes this conversation from hierarchy to this concept of order and chaos, and then uh, we're going to move to this rise up section. Yeah. Uh, so order and chaos is something that's talked about throughout the entire book. And, and I think most people read books from chapter one to chapter 12, if you will. Mm-hmm. So he introduces this within the context of stand up straight with your shoulders back. Uh, what do you, what is he saying about this idea of order and chaos as he, as he brings it up? I'm trying to remember because like you said, he does talk about it so much throughout the entire book. So uh, what are what are just some thoughts then that you have on order and chaos in general? Uh, yeah. Probably influenced. We use this language in our conversations now. Right. Yeah. Whether it's something that uh, we've learned from Dr. Peterson or that another subject we're exploring. Right. But I think a lot of the language we use in our conversations has been influenced by the introduction of these terms. Yeah. I, I want to say, too, that in this first chapter, he introduces the idea that it's not, uh, I think, like a lot of people think of it as it's either all order or all chaos. Mm-hmm. And this is when he introduces that idea of that it's somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's the ideal that you should strive for one foot in order one foot in chaos yeah um he draws he he mentions the yin and the yang right of the dao i I drew a picture of that in the margins of mine for for a mental image of order and chaos yeah and the beautiful mystery of order existing in chaos and chaos existing in order uh the dots of the white existing on the black side and Totally. Um, he talks about the snake separating them, that it's not a straight line. Mm-hmm. I think the Tao has influenced his understanding of order and chaos. Yeah. And, and, and so Largely, has yeah. uh, influenced mine as well. Yeah. I think that's great. Do you want to move? Go ahead and jump over to uh, our favorite part of the chapter. Yes, let's jump to the favorite. Okay. So I'll try and set it up really quick and you jump in if you think yeah, yeah, I'm missing sounds anything. Good. So the whole first chapter, he sets up this idea of stand up straight with your shoulders back. And most of the chapter is explained from a very physical, you know, posture. What, uh, what does it look like for someone to stand up straight with their shoulders back? What does it do to your system, your body, um, biologically. Like, like most things we read and interact with, we take things quite literally. We right. as humans take things literally very quickly. Naturally, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. And so most, 75% of the chapters that, like a very literal, you know, physical understanding of standing up straight with your shoulders back. And then at the very end of the chapter, he wraps it up with this idea that standing up straight with your shoulders back is more than the posture you assume. It's more of... Um, the way that you move through life and move through your day-to-day responsibilities. How do you interact with the world around you? Um, are you someone who shrinks for when problems come up or um, in any kind of situation? Or do you approach just your day-to-day life with this uh, posture attitude? Still, yeah, 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 attitude, yeah. posture. Uh, it goes from physical to metaphysical. Right. In the in a in the change of the title of a section, mm-hmm. and then there's three pages on this metaphysical kind of standing straight with your shoulders back, mm-hmm. which I enjoy the metaphysical because it's more mysterious. 
and I like engaging with content that allows for the mystery and the physical world allows for little mystery and the metaphysical world right. allows for a lot of mystery. Uh, and the, the hierarchies become even more mysterious in this as yeah. well. And they're not so set in stone, which is something that I like. Um, but there's this idea, I think you're mentioning of, of how are you carrying yourself mm-hmm. and not defining yourself as just your physical body, uh, but more than your physical body. How do you define yourself and then how do you carry that self through this world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's, he, he uses like the terminology like your psyche or your soul. Yes. Right. Um, which is classic Jordan Peterson, but it's uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Psyche, soul. He also uh, has helped me understand the masculine, feminine in new ways mm-hmm. that they exist within us. I don't think that's this chapter. Right. Uh, but the this idea that they're is a self to explore. Yeah. Maybe new for people who yeah. just, you know, uh, most people writing this book would leave it at the physical. Right. And this last section wouldn't exist. But there is a metaphysical aspect to what's happening. And it's cool to engage with that or even introduce the concept to somebody that yeah, you yeah, are yeah. more than your physical body. And that's a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point that unless you already come into the book with that prior knowledge about that, then that might this section might be a little either over your head or might help you expand um, your current mindset on this idea, I guess. But I'd be curious, Evan, what do you think about like this idea of like metaphysically standing up straight with your shoulders back? Like what? What are the thoughts? Like, how, do, how would you even explain what that looks like to someone? So that's a great question. And immediately what comes to mind is hope. Yeah. Uh, I have walked physically through this world at the height of 5'3", and I'm standing two feet from you, and you're 6'2". Yeah. Six, yeah, how six tall? Two, yeah. Six two. You're, you're, you're towering 12 inches over me yeah, in yeah, this yeah. moment. And so in a world of hierarchies, and this is maybe another reason why I don't feel so strongly about that word in a world of hierarchies. I don't stand a chance of physical hierarchies. Mm, mm. I don't stand a chance. I'm not, I, w- I wanted to be an NBA player growing up Nice. and yeah. I'm so thankful to my parents that they allowed, they didn't shatter that for me. They, right. they let the realization come to me through life circumstances. Nobody told me that I couldn't do that. In fact, everybody was like, pretty supportive, which I find a lot of humor in now. Uh, and, and I want to do, I want to be that same person for, uh, people who have dreams, whether they're children or not. I I just think it's important to support those and Mm. let circumstances show reality instead Mm. of other people telling you what reality is, uh, experiencing reality, I should say. So all that to say, uh, I'm very hopeful when I, when I, interact with this idea of a metaphysical standing up straight with your shoulders back because no matter how straight my shoulders are how straight my back is right and and how far back my shoulders are standing next to you there or the the metaphorical you this right. bigger there's always something bigger and it would be the same there are people in your life too like this isn't a me you thing there right. are people exactly. that tower over yeah, you yeah, yeah. there's always this higher than you in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think what you're saying, back to this beginning part of the hierarchy, is even though there's always going to be a higher than me in the hierarchy, metaphysically, just me carrying myself through this universe 
with my shoulders back and my back straight gives me a little bit of hope yeah and 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 carries me through in a way just because somebody is higher than me doesn't mean that I don't have value so I find some value uh, some personal it, you, you said this earlier too it's a, one of Jordan Peterson's main messages is personal responsibility right individual responsibility just because physiologically I'm not made up to be a, a big person doesn't mean that metaphysically I'm not a big person yeah uh, and I really find a lot of hope and peace and motivation in this concept as a physically small person walking through this world yeah that's so interesting because uh, I would have never said hope for that but I I think knowing you and knowing your personality that makes a lot of sense for just the way that you see this and the way that you embody that um because it makes a lot of sense because I would categorize you as someone who is just your default is more hopeful than most people you know um which I know is not some people may assume that that's just like a personality trait but I don't necessarily think that it is 100%. I think it's a choice, right? That you have to make. Sure. To, and I think it's a that. learned choice too, though. Absolutely. Uh, experiencing things in life that require hope or, or people giving me the gift of hope. I think right, I, right. I'm very thankful to have adults, to have had adults in my life who mm-hmm. gave me this gift of hope at a young age whenever... Uh, I don't think everybody has that. Like right. it, it was a, a true gift to receive, and I'm I'm carrying it with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so cool, and so interesting. I, I think whenever I think about it, which is so funny to me, I, uh, just because of what you just said about it. But whenever I think about like this idea of metaphysically standing straight with your shoulders back and how I move through life, for me, it's like a posture of confidence. Yeah. Um. Which is funny because you like reference my height and something and I think maybe people would not assume that. But it's something that like on a day-to-day basis I have to remind myself because I, I think – and I, I would – I'd be interested to hear what other people think, but I'm not naturally confident. And so it really helps me out a lot just in how I present myself to people, um, how I talk to people. Um, yeah, just with the attitude that I move through life, like this, this – position of confidence like that's the first thing that comes to my mind and the biggest help that it's been for me because I'm not a naturally I don't naturally have this self-confidence um so I remember even reading this chapter the first time I read it I was like wow there's just like a light switch clicked in and then what your the rest of your life can look like if you move through life in this position right how what are the ripple effects and what does it carry over and it's just it's incredible because it, 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 it spreads to every area of your life, you know, so. Totally. Yeah. I, I wish there was a way to just like get this message out to, and I think Jordan Peterson's doing this, right? right? Saying like, start standing up straight with your shoulders back. After you do it physically, think about what it means metaphysically. There's, there's more to it than a physical action. And I think confidence is a great way to say that. Yeah. I, I like that idea. And I, w- I didn't, I would not have said about you that you are a non-confident person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, having known you. Right. It's uh, interesting. So that is intriguing. It, it's a, it is a gift exploring these ideas outside of that. Yeah. So do you have anything else on that? 
No, no okay. I think that's great. The uh, at the end of the podcast here, we're gonna, I'm going to try to tie something back to business because this is a, a marketing podcast. Although right. these are uh, what most of our conversations look like have nothing to do with marketing. Right, both of us do marketing. We've done marketing together. <laughs> yes, that's worth uh, noting. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. probably say in the intro, Brandon has worked in marketing for yeah, five yeah, yeah. years now. Yeah, something yeah, like something that? like that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the first question is more broad than just marketing. What does it look like for a business? I'm asking you this question. Mm -hmm. What does it look like for a business to stand straight with their shoulders back? Yeah, I think for me, the first place that my mind goes to is um, something along the lines of like ethics, like how a business operates. Um, I don't know, just after spending some time working in different businesses and working for different businesses, I have a lot of respect for whether it's you're the CEO or, you know, you're a one person CEO, like the CEO of a large company or a one person CEO, right. Of, um, how you handle business and how you handle your relationships, how authentic you are. Um, I think that there's a lot of places you could go for how a business would, uh, metaphorically embody, an individual who stands up straight with their shoulders back. But that's the first place my head goes to is like, uh, I don't know, just day to day, how you operate with people and customers. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of a, I mean, I think we know the difference between interacting with these businesses, right? Oh, absolutely. Like you can immediately tell. And if you don't immediately tell, you find out within a, an hour of engaging with a business, whether they are a business that stands up straight with their shoulders back. Right. Uh, I like that. So like the ethics, the, the integrity of the business. Integrity. Yeah. That's a great. And and you mentioned CEO. It seems like it needs to be something that happens from the top leadership. Yeah. Yeah. The the top down, uh, which the shoulders in the back are, the shoulders are near the top of the body as well. Um, which makes me think maybe there's this idea that even if a CEO, even if the head mm-hmm. doesn't have their mm. shul- you know, it's the rest of the company that's holding up the head. Right. It's, it's the, it's the rest of the company that's acting with integrity. Uh, I think of individual responsibility within companies and whenever that's encouraged from the head, sure. like the message comes from the head and then it's acted out from the body, uh, to hold the head up like, and just to, put a physical representation to right. that. So individual responsibility, ethics, uh, everybody in the company acting yeah. in in such a way that is right, uh, that, that creates more order than chaos. And mm-hmm. that's, if you would like to explore that concept more, just pick up this book and explore the rest of the chapters because totally. it's totally that. Which I have a feeling we're going to record a few more of these yeah, that'd with be different chapters. That'd really be really cool, yeah. Uh, do you have anything else on the business um, I'm, I'm thinking like, uh, just as you were saying that, I think it's, it's more obvious when you interact with businesses who don't embody this. I agree. Um, and it's much more common. Um, so even from, if we're talking like from a, mm, like a success standard or success measure, um, I think companies that stand out and that do their best, I think are typically companies that maybe embody this, right? Especially if you're talking more of like um, smaller companies like you and I have done work with. Yeah. Um, might get a little shifty as you start getting up to uh, bigger and bigger Fortune 500 companies, but 
yeah, it's interesting. It is. It's intriguing. Okay, one more question, business related. Yep. How does a brand stand up straight with their shoulders back? Yeah, uh, my original thought for this was this idea of how does a brand portray themselves? And I think that, you know. First, before you get into that, yeah. re- remember that thought. Do something to make, yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. you don't forget it because yeah. I don't want you to lose it. What's the difference between a brand and a business? Um, the way that I'm thinking about it for this conversation, this conversation is the brand would be like the face of okay. an organization um, or of a business, right? So the the representation of your business or your company to your audience or to the public at large, right? What people see quite physically, maybe? Yes, uh, exactly. Well, I, I think there are aspects of it. Physically and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't maybe that's the first interaction is, is physically. Sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Continue. I just didn't want it to feel like the same question. Right, right, right. So I think that it's important for... I guess you have to start with authenticity. Like you don't, you don't want to represent something that you're not ideally, but I I think a lot of people just struggle with representing themselves well at all. So even if they are a business that um, works and identifies with these things that we're talking about, uh, standing up straight with your shoulders back, they may lack the ability to represent themselves well. Right. And so I think that's a key piece is, uh, Hudson and I talked about that in, it's probably going to be a couple podcasts ago by the time this is released, Be True okay. to Yourself. Right, right, and It was right. the idea that you have to know yourself before you can actually that's right. put forth something. Uh, you have to know yourself before you can create a brand for yourself that's actually true to yourself. Right, and then it's a skill in and of itself to start portraying, like start getting that message out there, right? Right, right. Um, and knowing yourself can take long enough. Sure. Especially as a business is growing quickly. Yeah. Things change quickly. Uh, like a middle schooler going through puberty. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Things are changing so quickly, you have no clue who you are. Right. Uh, businesses can undergo a similar transition and, and keeping focus on who you are and, and making sure your brand aligns with that. Right, which is huge in marketing, right? Because I think we see companies all the time that maybe identify as this is who we are, this is what we do. And then when you look at their marketing, it's like, that doesn't even match up at all. Like what, especially in the the today's world of social media and websites, right? It's like right. so much content. How do you keep it relevant? But then also how do you keep it related to who you are? Um, which is an interesting struggle that I think a lot of companies are facing today. Yeah, that's great. I like it. Any closing thoughts on standing up straight with your shoulders back just in general. Oh, I had one and then if yeah. you have any, let me know. Yeah. I find it intriguing that the that militaries of the world require this uh, of yeah, their yeah, yeah. soldiers. Right. The There's... people the people who are putting their life on the line are required to physically embody this yeah. posture. Yeah, and there's probably a good reason for it, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I I think there's there would be a ton to explore there, but it was a note like, oh, there's there's a whole government, go- several government agencies that require you to stand up straight with your shoulders back and yeah. carry yourself through the world in in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh, really interesting. I don't think I really have any closing thoughts. I guess. Uh, I- I'd say it is kind of crazy to me sometimes just whenever I do assume 
some sort of posture like this, what it can do to my mindset and like what it can do to my attitude whenever I'm about to interact with someone. Um, so if you haven't tried it, I would just try it out, explore it, see what happens. Yeah, I agree. So, cool. That's it. Well, thanks for this podcast. Yeah, uh, man. And I look forward to chapter two of right. 12 Rules for Life right. and how it applies to business. Exploring it individually and then exploring it how, is it, how it applies to business. It'll be really fun. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be some good conversation. No doubt. Thanks, Brandon. Yep, thanks, Evan. All right. Thanks again for listening to that conversation uh, with Brandon and I. I look forward to recording more of those and publishing them here on the Uplink Marketing Podcast. We're going to try to make it through all 12 throughout the year. Uh, So stay tuned for those. And Uplink Marketing exists to help businesses drive traffic, generate leads, and increase revenue using podcasting to generate content and paid social to get that content out to the world. If you'd like to talk about how we can come alongside you and serve your business, reach out to me, evan at uplinkmarketing.com. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day.